Welcome to the audio podcast, the weekly sermon of the First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. We continue our multi-access worship both online in our recently renovated sanctuary. Sunday morning service is in person at 11 a.m. and we are live on firstchurchbrooklyn.org as well as the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Now, this week's message. Oh God, thank you for your goodness and your grace, for your love for us, which you show us in so many beautiful ways. God, thank you for this space this morning. I pray that as I've been called through these next few moments to share some words, I pray that your word would be communicated through them. As weak as they might be on their own, I pray that they would be caught up into your spirit to be made of use, to shape us into the people you've called us to be. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I was on a bus a few days ago, headed down to D.C., rolling out of the city at dusk. And as the sun was sinking behind the skyline and the light began to fade into melancholy colors, we passed the grassy field, which is sort of alien given the urban industrial backdrop. And out of this frozen, dormant island sprang a brood of blackbirds. Starlings rose into the sky and began their intricate and improvised dance against the dying light. That form of flight is called murmuration, and it's one of my favorite things. The language of murmuration evokes breath for me, or spirit. I see the starlings guided by the breath of creation, murmuring a paralinguistic poetry. The breaths heave and they sigh. They shake and teeter on the edge of disarticulation and they find their rhythm again. The spirit of creation is given in the form of a collective aerial dance. And in this breathing there is language, even prophecy. And I couldn't believe I didn't have to shell out $40 to see it. Perfect beauty on display in the natural world. A world untrammeled by possession and commodification and exploitation. It wasn't a drone show. It wasn't some facile mimicry of something more real. It wasn't a little diversion or pastime we created to distract ourselves from our lives. It was creation itself breathing in and out the primordial rhythms of a deeper time. And I considered the claim that the moment made on me. I thought about how deeply this murmuring captured the spirit of the world that I want. The world I think that God has promised. A form of being was on display. A freedom of movement and expression. A dialectic between individual and collective. A push and pull an ebb and flow, a shimmering, shape-shifting collectivity full of mutuality and reciprocity. Whatever new creation is, I think it will look and feel 
something like that. My mind was drawn to the poems of Scripture, the dove that brings a sign of life and peace after destruction, the ravens who bring food to famished prophets, the eagle's wings that will bear us up, the dove that descends upon Jesus as the Spirit. Job tells us that the birds of the sky will tell us what we need to know. Jesus says, look to the birds of the air. We are told over and over that there is great power among the birds. There are mysteries buried under pinion and feather. Augury, or the interpretation of the flight patterns of birds for prophetic purposes, is explicitly condemned by Scripture, and yet we are also told again and again to look to them for something. My ranging imagination was drawn back down by the specter of the hunter, the one who lies in wait to fell the fowl from their flight, the one who drops fragile frames from the sky with their technologies of destruction, erasing the poetry of the dance, rendering it a quiet murmur dying in the wind. Marwan Makul, a Palestinian poet, writes, In order for me to write poetry that isn't political, I must listen to the birds. And in order to hear the birds, the war planes must be silent. There are no birds where bombs fly. And so we have nothing beautiful to look to, to teach us what we must know. The spectacle of spirit evaporates, leaving the sky empty, and we forget ourselves. Quote, A bullet found its way into the van and killed a three- or four-year-old young lady. End quote. This is how the death of a Palestinian child is narrated by the news. The hunter has killed and his propagandists spin a crude necro-poetics to exonerate him. A mother holding a child's hand and waving a white flag is dropped by a sniper. The child runs away in fear, and I wonder what will become of him. They made a new acronym for these thousands, WCNSFs, Wounded Child, No Surviving Family. I wonder what happens to the starlings who are separated from their flock. What lonely flight is one of these dancing alone as the light goes out of the world? From where did the hunter get his bullets, his bombs, and his justifications? From us? And once we've sold our siblings for silver, do we then turn away? into some empty corner of ourselves while he carries out his work? Are we grounded with him, incapable of flight because our spirits are so disordered, so impossibly removed from the breath of God that moves creation in concert, that gathers us into an undulating mass of common life? Do we stand apart from the rhythms of creation, 
coercing commodities out of the naked matter of earth, fitting its wildness into the frames of our political projects, destroying what questions our comfort and our power. There is nothing of life in these practices. These are the hellish geographies of a human soul turned in on itself, given away to the powers and principalities of the world. But we must refuse to be swallowed up into the roaring void of moral apathy. As President Biden spoke at Mother Emanuel AME, protesters began calling for a ceasefire, begging that the mass slaughter of children would be ended. Scandalized and incensed, the crowd shuttled them out, drowning out their cries with raucous chants of four more years. And I could see the spirit wash over the crowd, leaving with the prophets. As is always the case when the spirit meets a recalcitrant demon, there are certain zaps of energy felt by the possessed body, little outbursts of anger. A man's face snarled with outrage exhales, the dust of hell from the hole in his face, the poisonous bile in his soul involuntarily rising to the surface, incredulous and terrified that someone would demand an end to war. As if the warmonger has any right to sanctity or decorum. As if the hunter could know what it means to speak softly with the spirit and attend to the delicate intricacies of this primordial ballet of being. The hunter pretends, and his enablers have deluded themselves into thinking they know the movements of the spirit. But the birds know themselves from the hunter. So as the spirit murmurs among us, where do we find ourselves? What shape do we take? I don't want to be the rigid formations of steel and concrete, the sites of business and cages and war. I don't want to be trapped in the factories that make munitions or caught in clouds of smoke and ash. I want to be in the sky with you. I want to glide and flow and pivot and bank. I want to follow your movements and you follow mine and careen off together into new territories, alighting on the wind, pulsing across the sky, free as anyone could be. I want to be alive in the spirit with you. I want to be full of courage and empty of fear and dance for joy with you. I want to be free in the truth, free in the hope of a new world and a new order that is not pending but is being created right here, flowering among us, turning our faces toward the sun, opening up space for flight within the debris of a killing world that has lost its power. I see in the murmuration of the starlings an image of us, an aerial shadow that reflects our movements, sometimes this way and sometimes that, pushed and pulled, but always together. It might look like chaos from one angle and perfect balance from another. 
Our shape is formed by our wealth of internal difference, sensitively orchestrated by the Spirit of God. Our collective flight is poetry. We are living out this dance together, perhaps not always as agile as we will one day be, but this is our field, and this is our sky, and we belong to each other. Whatever hunter lies in wait, whatever force would try to clip our capacity for flight, we are born up together on the wings of the Spirit. Guided by the clear breath of God, murmuring prophecy against a dying light. Speaking to a world that has forgotten how to fly, that has become untethered to creation and so has lost itself. We call them up into the sky with us to find their rhythm again, to find their flow in the gracious beauty of life. The apostle says that one day we will all return to one another. He writes that, quote, those who remain will be caught up into the clouds together with the dead, and so we will be together with the Lord forever. This is our high calling and the hope we represent. Our wings beat together against the claims of the world against the gravitational forces that would drag us down. And so we find ourselves resolute and single-minded, heading up, up and up into the ether, knowing only the spirit and our love for one another. And the hunter is nowhere to be found.
Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust you were fed as well as challenged by the content. This audio archive supplements a video library of the entire service. The video, along with music from our internationally recognized gospel choir, is available on firstchurchbrooklyn.org. We provide multi-access worship options both in person and online Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We are live in the sanctuary, as well as firstchurchbrooklyn.org and the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Visit firstchurchbrooklyn.org for more information on both online and in-person worship. Remember that now, as always, you are loved.